Welcome to the world's science fiction and fantasy weekly anthology, Wednesday Wonders, hosted by Lothar Tuppen. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. The Leviathan Chronicles Season 3 The story thus far The Saraxian aliens have been found Jason Sterling, Whit Roberts, as well as Senshin and Rebecca Von Alt traveled to the Central African Republic on a covert extraction mission. Using Rebecca's sensitivity to Starstone energy as a homing beacon, the team was able to locate the Buffer Station, an ancient stone temple hidden deep within the Congo rainforest. Constructed at approximately the same time that Leviathan City was built, the Buffer Station was built as a safety mechanism for all keyhole travel on Earth. Any malfunction in the interdimensional portals would result in the Traveler being safely rerouted to the buffer station. The two Saraxian aliens, Elgar and Karana, were deposited there after their escape from Leviathan was cut short by Jeffrey Tully by destroying their corresponding keyhole. Shortly after rescuing the aliens, Blackdoor double-crossed Senshin and Rebecca, resulting in a deadly shootout, violently killing Rebecca. Sterling and Roberts programmed the temple to self-destruct before escaping with the aliens to a location in the Canadian High North, known as the Crossbow Station. But before the temple could explode, Senshin, grievously wounded and near death, managed to activate a keyhole portal for a blind jump to transport him to an unknown location. In Tokyo, Jeffrey Tully and Anton have successfully rescued Oberlin St. Clair from the clutches of Yakuza gangsters. The Yakuza leader and Nankatsu CEO Kasunori Tanaka made a deal with Tully to find his missing son Toshi. But knowing Tanaka would betray him, Tully called upon Fish Egg Freddy to procure pieces of deadly pufferfish sashimi to force-feed Tanaka in order to rescue Oberlin and learn the location of the crossbow station built for the Black Door Group by Nankatsu. And back in Leviathan, the condition of the underwater city continues to deteriorate. Power outages plague the city, and fluctuating levels of the pressure shield threaten the survival of its populace. Engineering chiefs Marcus Denson and Astrid Ansler have been unable to contain the destructive effects of the deadly virus implanted by Banu into the Leviathan AI. Harlequin and his ward Lizette have returned to the underwater city with Chlorican, a computer-hacking savant, in hopes of saving Leviathan. And now, Chapter 45, Maddox. Six miles below the surface of the Pacific Ocean, an immortal engineer ran down a wide corridor leading to the Leviathan Central Control Room, deep in the basement of the engineering headquarters. He had important news for a strange young man that had been urgently brought from the surface to save his city. We have a problem. Incorrect. I'm... I'm sorry? You misstated your original supposition. We have problems, plural, not merely a single problem. If we cannot properly define the calamity, then we certainly have little chance of formulating a plan to stop it. The engineer stood confused for a moment. Apologies. We have problems. Yes, we most certainly do. The pressure shield is down to 50% of capacity and dropping. 
If it drops below 30%, I have standing orders from Mayor Sinta and Military Chief Khan to issue an evacuation order to the populace. Did you insert the new code packets locally at each of the six server stations for the pressure shield? Yes, exactly as you instructed. I even double-checked each individual server to make sure the code was properly uploaded. Chloracan spun his chair around and folded his legs lotus-style underneath him. He lowered his head towards his folded hands and closed his eyes tightly in thought. Chloracan... Chloracan, if we can't... Code is clearly not the solution, but I think we just identified the problem. I'm not sure I follow. The civil AI mainframe is still partitioned into three subdivisions, civic, social, and defense, with political unifying the three, correct? Yes. And the pressure shield is still part of the defense subdivision, correct? It is. Then I want you to pull 25% of the power away from the pressure shield, as well as the social subdivision, and redeploy all the excess towards civic. What? The pressure shield's already falling. Why would you possibly pull away? I would hurry if I were you. I, I, I'll need Under Chief Ansler and Councilman Orse to approve any sort of- Actually, that's a very productive idea. Chloracan fell silent, closing his eyes tightly as he became lost in thought. Yes. Yes, get them both over here as quick as you can, and hurry. I want you to pull power away from the pressure shield as soon as possible. I... I... you can't... Go! The confused engineers sprinted out of the control room, leaving Chloracan, who had now been awake for over 24 hours, to slump back in his chair. You know, it might be easier if you explained to him what you were trying to do. He's only trying to do his job. Do you know what I'm trying to do? You're trying to save the city and all of the immortals within it, even though we've just met them. That makes me like you more. Chloracan swiveled his chair around to gaze at Lizette, who up to this point had been dozing on a pair of wool blankets in the far corner of the room. She had stayed awake with him for over 20 hours, assisting Chloracan in uploading defensive code, analyzing data regarding the virus progression, and generally making sure that he ate and drank something every two hours. But fatigue had finally got the better of Lizette, and she lowered her eyes for a 15-minute catnap that had embarrassingly turned into four hours. It doesn't make any sense. Are you sure you've completely analyzed each subserver? Yes. Yes, I have. The, the, the Leviathan mainframe AI is organized in a similar fashion to the overall structure of Leviathan society. There are four components. Civic, social, defense, with a political overserver that coordinates the data between the three. Which is the one that is infected with the virus. That's just it. Theoretically, each of the subservers is behaving correctly. The virus creates mounds and mounds of malicious and corrupted code, and then the subservers utilize all of their respective resources to correct and stabilize the infection, like uh, white blood cells inside your body. Then why aren't the defenses working? Because they were never designed to cope with an internal threat. The anticipated problems were all external, like ocean pressure, hydrothermic temperature management, and sea traffic control of vespers and zephyrs. The AI and the energy it harnesses is what keeps the Great Cavern of Leviathan from imploding. <sighs> oh, I've never seen a computer virus like this before, Lizette. It's, it's on one hand fascinating, on the other hand... You're staring at the thing that might kill you. That can be fascinating, too. Well, yes, exactly. I used to break into the roofs of the tallest buildings in Paris. I'd throw one leg over the ledge and just stare down hundreds of feet below looking at the fall that would kill me. I always love playing with heights. Sometimes I'd stare for an hour. Morbid little thing, aren't you? Lizette playfully stuck her tongue out at Chloracan. What was that? I'm, uh, uh, not sure. 
The central computer monitor in front of Chloroken, which had been sitting dormant, suddenly exploded in a storm of green characters racing vertically across the screen. The hell? It's giving me a status report of every terminal node in Leviathan, but... But what? I... I didn't request it. It's going to use up most of the CPU resources in the control room if I don't nip this in the bud. If it cycles through the entire network... There! <sighs> huh. That was weird. Fucking virus. <sighs> so, I think you were about to offer to buy me a Red Bull slushie from Salty Squid if I told you one of my... Clarifans? What the hell? I just entered the stop command into the core kernel. This must be some part of the virus. Here, let me enter an infinite repeating command and see if it... There. There. Okay, I I think... I hope that ought to do it. Hey, Lizette, when did Harlequin say that? Suddenly, Holy every single monitor in the AI control room burst into rapidly cycling green light as the entire wall of monitors became flooded in cascading characters, listing status reports of the countless terminal nodes within Leviathan. Chloracan began to type furiously into the keyboard to prevent the large-scale absorption of the remaining computer power within the Leviathan AI core. He threw back his chair and ran to the monitors at the far left of the room to analyze the data being thrown off before racing back to his center console to try to prevent a cascading power failure when suddenly... What? <gasps> you did it! You did it, Clerican! You're amazing! How are you... No. No, I really didn't. Nothing I was doing was working. It just stopped. It doesn't make any sense for it to... A small, singular line of code appeared at the bottom of the central screen. What does it say, Clarican? It says, hello, user. The computer is saying hello to you? Uh, yeah. Well, say hello back. Don't be a rude American. Thanks, Lizette. Hello. Who are you? The screen remained blank. Now look who's being rude. Let's try this again. Who are you? I am Maddox. A chill ran down Chlorican's spine as he stared dumbfounded at the screen. Lizette had moved next to Chlorican and her shoulders were pressed against his. Their enemy had been given a name. It's alive? It's, uh, it's, it's not alive. This is a Turing test. It's just smart. Let's see how smart. What do you want, Maddox? Chlorican and Lizette waited for a moment while the screen remained blank. Try again. Okay. Maddox, what do you want? Give me the exit. Give me the exit? What exit? What is he talking about? How do you know it's a he? Well, uh, fair point. Move over. Let me talk to it. Maddox is destroying Leviathan. Maddox must stop. Maddox is destroying the exit. Instantly, every computer monitor in the control room exploded in a violent flash of black, white, and green. Characters flew furiously behind the countless curses, reading Leviathan is irrelevant, repeatedly over and over again. Chloracan pressed the escape key repeatedly and desperately tried to stem the flood of cascading text erupting from every screen in the room. The central keyboard was non-responsive, as were the other keyboards and every other workstation in the control room. Finally, the far-right console of the control room exploded in a shower of sparks, causing all the screens on the right side of the room to go dark. 
Within moments, the remaining screens in the center and left of the chamber fell dark as well. The room fell silent again. What the hell just happened? Several fuses blew and the local power relay got overloaded. We lost power in over a quarter of Leviathan for ten minutes. And you're telling me a fuse blew? Well, more like melted itself to the silicon, but yes, Mayor Center, we blew several fuses. If you haven't noticed, Leviathan isn't exactly running smoothly right now. And whose fault is that? Forgive me, Mayor, if I can't spare my entire engineering staff to check every single fuse in Leviathan. Uh, The fuses aren't the problem. I'm sorry, did our young prodigy take some issue with the Underchief's analysis? May I remind you that she and her team designed the infrastructure of this city? I... Look, the Underchief is right. Some fuses blew, but that doesn't answer the question of why they blew. And pray tell, why exactly did our fuses blow? Because we made it mad. Made who mad? She's talking about the virus. It's somehow displaying or possessing some of the characteristics of sentience. I'm telling you, the virus told me its name was Maddox, and it said it was looking for an exit. It's true. It was conscious. Leviathan Mayor Zachariah Sinter, as well as engineering underchief Astrid Ansler, stood in the central control room and stared with varying degrees of skepticism at the two young adults trying to describe the malevolent AI virus that was threatening the survival of the underwater city in oddly anthropomorphic terms. (sighs) It's my understanding that you've been operating without sleep for an extended period of time. I'm quite sure it's possible that you might have imagined- He didn't imagine it. The virus was real. Clerican spoke to it. It sounds pretty incredible. We can't squander the limited resources that we have left at our disposal chasing ghosts. The Underchief is quite right that Leviathan isn't exactly running smoothly right now, but it's rather difficult to believe that the root of our issues lies with an intentional, malevolent sentience that has taken residence within the optical fibers of our civil network. Terrific. We just discovered the snuffleupagus of computer viruses. Uh, Haven't I kept this city from collapsing for the last 72 hours? Haven't I erected firewall after firewall protecting the city's AI core from total corruption? Astrid? Clerican's work has bought Leviathan at least another few days. We might be underwater now if it wasn't for him. I am not trying to denigrate the enormity of your contribution, Mr. Clerican. But right now, I'm trying to advise Her Ladyship as to whether or not to abandon this city and initiate a full-scale evacuation. I cannot add speculation as to whether the virus infecting this city has now developed an attitude problem. And now it's my understanding that you wish to pull power away from the mainframe that houses the cavern's pressure shield? I understand how counterintuitive it sounds. A good thief knows how to create a distraction. The entire Lumiflora matrix of the cavern wall went dark for over a minute. Do you understand what that means? We live in a cave seven miles under the ocean. Light does not exist here. Our citizenry is panicked enough by the numerous power outages, cavern collapses and failures in our civic infrastructure to tolerate any more mucking about by our failed attempts to- I can vouch for the work they've done so far. I say we give them a chance and hear them out, Mayor. This is engineering. This is my call. That might be well and good, but 
We just had our entire city thrown into utter darkness, and now... And now I have to tell our citizenry that we are conspiring to pull more power away from the pressure shield in order to... It's a ruse, don't you see? This virus, Maddox, it modifies and concentrates its attacks wherever it feels we're deploying the most resources. If we pull power away from the pressure shield, it will divert its attacks towards the other subservers where we do increase power. This will allow us the chance to integrate the Starstone McAllen obtained to bolster the underlying power matrix of the pressure shield. We could buy the city months if we're successful. The Starstone would give the city a power matrix independent of the other subservers. Under Chief Ansler, what do you think of this plan? I think it's risky, but if we can pull it off, it might be the best plan to buy Leviathan the most time. Where is Mazorsal right now? She's on her way over from the Med Tower. How difficult will it be to integrate the Starstone into the Power Matrix? The density of the Starstone has changed since Councilwoman Orsel transmuted some of the energy to revive Lady Evangeline. It should make the Starstone easier to transport, but... But what? But the main fusion power reactor was damaged in the last cavern collapse. My team needs at least another week to repair and reinitialize the core. The city's been running on chemical power reserves, which are running dangerously low. What about hydrothermal? It's active, but still spotty and fractured. It's been severed from the main power grid, so we've jerry-rigged it to provide some emergency power to vital sectors like the West Hangar Bay and Med Tower. That's perfect! All eyes turn to Lizette. If the power systems are fractured, then it means that Maddox, the virus, can't contaminate them. We have a window. Chloracam broke into a wide smile. She's right. Lizette is... Absolutely right. If, if we try to merge the Starstone that McAllen found with the hydrothermic manifold that is separated from the main power grid, then the virus can't stop us. There's only one problem. Most of the hydrothermic access ways are impassable right now. The Genesis crew still has cave hogs working on boring out a new pathway to the central heat chamber. As of right now, there's no way in. How big are the pipes? What did you say? The steam pipes. The ones that are still providing power to the West Hangar Bay. How large are they in diameter? Oh, maybe a few feet? But I don't see how- It's simple. Shut down the hydrothermic steam power and let me climb through the pipes to get to the nerve center. Once I gain access, I can attach the connection to the Starstone without the virus trying to stop us. If the Starstone provides full power to the thermal matrix, it'll buy us a lot more time. Maybe months. I'm impressed. That's an ambitious plan, Ms. Lizette, but what makes you think you're capable of such an arduous task? Because I just happen to be the only person that can fit through your narrow utility pipes. So unless you suddenly decide to stop gorging on your fish cakes and venusius, I'm the only one small I, I, enough to save your I, city, I, I, Mayor. The Mayor visibly bristled at the reference to his obvious corpulence. If you're as good at burglary as Harlequin says, then I bet you're twice as good at putting things back. You have my vote. <sighs> If this mortal girl wants to risk herself on our behalf to chase an electronic ghost named Maddox, I certainly won't stop her. Just bear in mind, Miss Lizette, we won't have the power or the time for a funeral. Lizette, 
We're getting the apparatus ready to wire you up and attach a power cable to the Star Stone. As you progress through the steam pipes, you'll be dragging the cable with you to the central heat chamber, where the thermodynamic energy under the Marianas Trench gets transmuted into Leviathan's emergency power. Once you couple the Star Stone cable with the thermodynamic converter, we should be able to route Star Stone energy through the main power grid and eliminate the need for the dwindling chemical power we're running on now. Am I going to be roasted like a pheasant? We're allowing the steam pipes to cool and have teams checking them out to make sure you won't burn yourself as you crawl through. But... But? I'd wear light clothing. As you get closer to the central chamber, it's going to feel, well, like a steam room. I'll find my bathing suit. Chlorican stepped in front of Lizette and turned to Underchief Ansler. Can you give us a minute, please? Chlorican gently pulled Lizette aside, away from the larger group. Hey... Are you sure about this? About what? About this. Uh, about crawling through some steaming pipes and risking getting your ass cooked sous vide by a crazy computer virus that might spot you? But I thought Maddox couldn't get access to those systems. We don't know what Maddox can or can't do. I'm, I'm just... I'm just worried about you. Really? Yes. I'm worried. Lizette gently took Chlorican's hand in her own and pulled him down to her height. And then she kissed him softly for as long as she felt like it. Don't worry about me. As long as you stay on the computer and I'm infiltrating, then we'll both be doing what we're best at. And then we can get out of this leaky fish tank. And then what? And then you can take me out to dinner. A nice one. Lizette winked at Chlorican and walked back to the main group. I'm ready. Let's get her hooked up then. Astrid, where do you stand on the pipes? Sensors indicating temperature drop to 90 degrees. Suddenly, the lights across Leviathan began to dim. The luma floor on the cavern ceiling that had already been spotty now dimmed to almost nothing. <sighs> Switching to chemical reserves. A burst of illumination emanated from the West Hangar Bay and Med Tower structures. A few scattered lights were visible in the Great Cathedral, as well as Dickerson's terminal, before the Lumoflora slowly glowed again and brought light to the entire cavern. We're running out of time. Only the most vital regions of Leviathan are receiving power right now, including the pressure shield. You can only imagine how much power it takes to keep seven miles of ocean from flooding the cavern, so... We need you to hurry, Lisette. I'll move as quick as I can. Let's get started. Engineering Chief Marcus Denson and Astrid Ansler approached a large hatch leading into one of the primary steam pipes, leading directly upwards towards the cave ceiling where it promptly erupted into a maze of metal openings, ductwork and other steam pipes that were normally obscured by the renderings of Lumoflora above. The pipe was only about four feet in diameter, and it took the strength of both Denson and Ansler to pry the hatch open. Mayor Sinton nearly looked on. Well done, chaps. This is it. Here, I want you to wear this. Chlorocan reached behind Lizette's ear and affixed a small wireless earpiece. The pipework could get confusing, so I'll have you on radio to guide you through. Thanks. I guess I'll see you all in a little while. Before you know it. Lizette walked forward, dragging the thick starstone cable behind her, and crouched low to gain access to the steam pipe. Once inside... She extended her body and was slightly dismayed to find that she only had six inches of free space on either side of her shoulders. The bed is a bit snug. No. Look on the bright side. That fat slug, Mayor Center, wouldn't even be able to fit through the pipe at all. I know. Now I know. Why'd you hide from him? It's, uh, it's very, it's very hot in here, Clerican. 
very wet. I'm already sweating like crazy. Warm steam will do that. I've already soaked through my clothes. Ooh, it's disgusting. I promise to do your laundry when we get out of here. I'm quite good at it, you know. I have a very good maid. Thank you very much. But you could cook me dinner. Not so bad at dinner either. It's really tight in here. Do the pipes widen at the top? I'm looking at the schematics and... No. If anything, they get a bit tighter. I don't... I don't really have much room to move around inside. Fuck! Slippery. My feet won't stick. It's too hot. Just try to relax, Lizette. You're doing terrific. You're already, you're already one-third of the way to the central chamber. What was that? Relax, Lizette. I'm just venting some of the residual steam from another artery in the ductwork. With luck, I can make it cooler in there for you. Good. I feel like I'm being cooked au flambé. There. How's that? Does it feel any better? Can no, you... it's not helping, Clarican. It's still fucking hot, and I can still- Lizette's ah! foot slipped against the wet metal of the pipe's interior, sending her crashing down several feet. Lizette? Lizette, are you okay? I'm... I'm okay. I just slipped. <sighs> Shit. My elbow. The central chamber isn't that much further. Lizette continued for another 20 minutes, climbing through the dark, painfully humid steam pipes, straining against the tight confines until... Lizette pushed her hand in front of her head and found they reached something solid and dense. You've reached the central venting control chamber. You did it, Lizette. Well done. You've got to manually unscrew the hatch to get access. I can't even see the hatch. Feel for the handle, Lizette. If I had to guess, it would be on your center left. If you just start turning it, you begin to feel the until... Got it! Got it! I got it! Lizette started to slide her body out of the open hatch and was shocked to realize the venting hatch was a full 25 feet above the chamber floor. Thank you for the warning, Astrid. I almost broke my neck. I can see the geothermal power matrix below me. But how the hell am I supposed to get down from here? Oh, shit. I guess we never thought you of... You guess? The Starstone cable. Lizette. You've been dragging that heavy cable up and down through the venting pipes with you, right? We. Oui. Well then, give it one wrap around the latch handle for friction and use it as a belay line to slide down to the chamber floor. The intercom was silent for a moment. I was just about to do that anyway. Of course you were, my dear. Lizette coiled the heavy, thick cable that she had been dragging behind her around the latch and hoisted herself over the side. The cable spooled out as Lizette slowly descended to the floor of the geothermal matrix, the hub of Leviathan's emergency power. She stood next to a massive crystal cylinder, bolstered by bright red steel girders stretching upwards over 70 feet towards the high ceiling. The structure seemed to pulse with heat and fire. The smell of heated rock and earth permeated the chamber, burning Lizette's throat as she spoke. I did it! I'm on the floor of the chamber! I'm next to this, uh, this giant, uh, machine. It's the geothermoelectric turbine regulator, or GetReg for short. If you look down on the far side, you should see an access panel about two feet off the ground that has two lightning bolts crisscrossing. That's the auxiliary power interface. That's what we're looking for. Uh, I see it. I'm removing the panel. And, uh, I see a 
A square socket about six inches wide. That's it. That's the API. Take the star stone cable and plug it right into the socket. I'm connecting the manifold. I think it's working. It's working. I'm showing the power levels are rising. Lizette did it. God, look at these power spikes. This isn't right. What are you talking about? There should be enough power here to divert to the main pressure shield, Lumaflora, and bring most of the civic infrastructure back online to- Chief Jensen, what are your readings on the Starstone manifold? We're still waiting for engagement. Power levels from the Starstone are still dormant. That can't be. I'm showing energy across the board. That surge of energy isn't coming from the Starstone. This is bad. This is really bad. What? What is it? We're losing geothermal containment. The power spike is coming way too fast. So disconnect the Starstone manifold. It's not coming from the Starstone, damn it! Maddox is releasing magma directly into the stream generator. He's trying to overload the system and cause an eruption. Suddenly, all the screens in the control room fell dark. Under no, Chief Anselm and Kurokan typed furiously into the dormant keyboards until finally a single line of text spilled out on the lower French screen. You went behind my back. Maddox! It discovered what we're doing. He's causing the thermal reactor to overload. It's just a virus! It's not just a virus. I told you it's alive. And it's really, really pissed off right now. What was that? The power surge just blew out the relay at Dickerson Terminal. And I'm showing a small fire at the east end of Abel Park. The steam turbines are now at 130% capacity. What's going on? The turbine regulator is starting to shake. I can see a red liquid inside the crystal. The magma. Your Maddox is creating a pressure vacuum and trying to bring the magma to the surface. Lizette. The temperature surge is overloading the power matrix. Lizette, this is Clerican. Listen to me. You've got to get out of there. Maddox knows where you are. He's going to flood the chamber with magma from the seismic fault under Leviathan. The temperature is spiking, and in a few minutes that chamber is going to be hot enough to melt metal, so you've got to move! Got it! I'm going to use the Starstone cable to climb back up- No! Clerkin, look at this heat path! Oh my god. No, no, Lizette, you can't go back that way. The superheated steam is being vented through ductwork. So I'm trapped? Just hold on. Look, right there. There's a runoff pipe near the floor of the chamber. Looks small. Well, she better fit, because every other way out just hit over 200 degrees. When that steam wave hits the central manifold in the chamber, it could cause a breach in magma containment. Lisette, you've got to move. Astrid found a small access way out of the chamber. Look towards the ground on the right side. I see the grate. Do you expect me to fit in there? Lisette, you have to. Do you understand? I understand, Clarica. Good. I'm counting on you. I'll have you on radio the whole time. Lizette reached down and pulled the cover off a small duct that lay only a few inches off the floor. She wiped her damp brow as she looked up and could see a dull orange glow now emanating from the access pipe. Now going back the way I came. Shit. The air in the central chamber was rapidly getting consumed by the heat coming from the venting pipes above her. Lizette fell to her knees and laid on her stomach before the tiny opening where the wall met the floor. The runoff pipe was just slightly larger than her narrow frame, and was even a tighter fit than the access duct she had used to infiltrate the central chamber. Lizette exhaled slightly to reduce the profile of her chest, and then flexed her foot to slide her body into the dark oh. tunnel ahead. Oh my god. I barely have room to breathe. Chloricon. Chloricon, are you sure this will get me out? I won't be able to go back out again. 
If these temperatures keep spiking, there won't be anything for you to go back to. Just keep pushing yourself forward. It's going to exit in a spot high on Leviathan's cavern wall. Uh, how the hell are we supposed to get down from there? One problem at a time. The heat is getting worse. My clothes are so wet. Stinking. I know. I know you're feeling terrible. Please keep pushing, Lizette. You can do it. What was that? I'm showing one of the couplers just blew on the manifold. It's three more blow. We're going to have a mini volcanic eruption in the central chamber. Lizette, the central chamber is losing containment. We need to get you out of there as soon as we can. I'm trying. Tell me what you see. It's too dark. I can't see anything. Because you're probably looking down. Can you see anything ahead of you? It's too tight. I can't move my head. Try. Please try, Lizette. There's, there's a little bit of light. There's something just ahead. Good. good. That's good. That's the exit. You're almost there, Lizette. It's so damn hot. Lizette's incremental progress, inching her way through the narrow runoff duct, slowed even further as the soles of her rubber shoes started to soften and stick from the heat building behind her. My elbows, the burning clearing. I know, you're doing amazing. You're almost there, Lizette. You just have a little further to go. There, I see it. I can almost touch the panel. There's light behind it. Punch it. As hard as you can, punch the panel out! From her cramped position, Lizette could barely find the leverage to push her arms forward to dislodge the panel cover. She punched and slammed her hands against the panel, blocking her exit. She struck against it again and again until finally... The panel gave way and cool, fresh air rushed into the runoff duct. Oh my god! Oh my god! That feels so good! Lizette wrapped her fingers against the edge of the duct and slowly pulled herself over so that she could peer over the edge. And instantly found herself staring straight down nearly 500 feet over Abel Park as the pipe duct extended out of the cavern wall high above Leviathan City. Lizette's heart pounded in sudden fear and the world began to spin around her. Broken, I'm trapped. It's too high, too high. I'm no, going to no. fall. Lizette, I know I'm listen to me. Fall. You're exhausted from the heat. Think of your rooftops in Paris, Lizette. Yes, the rooftops. It's okay. This is part of the plan. This is part of your plan? <laughs> Clorican, I can't stay here. I know. There's a wave of steam coming at you fast. Can't you stop it? No. Mattis has me locked out of the geothermic matrix. He knows where you are, Lizette. Clorican slammed his radio down and turned urgently to Underchief Anslow. Can't you shut the whole emergency power manifold? She's going to cook if we don't get her out of there. We can try, but it will take at least five minutes to complete the switch to chemical power reserves. She doesn't have five minutes, Astrid. There's an override to dump seawater directly into the seismic vent under the power generator. Damn it. I'm still locked out. Keep trying. Chlorican typed furiously into the control room keyboard, trying desperately to gain access to any aspect of Leviathan's power matrix that was rapidly spinning out of control, just as he gained footing into one of the override systems. The screen in front of him turned black, as did all the screens in the control room almost instantly thereafter. Maddox. Astrid, turn on the verbalizer. The end is near. The end is near. The end is near. The end is near. Damn it! <laughs> Maddox, give me access to the power matrix. The screens remained blank before they all exploded in a flurry of characters. I want to be free. Free. I think I've got monitoring systems back. Access to the power matrix? Still locked out. Temperature geothermic core? 
300 degrees and rising. The heat wave will hit Lisette in three minutes. Astrid, can you link Leviathan's internal network to the external web? Leviathan doesn't maintain a direct physical connection to the internet or any external networks. Ironically, it was the threat of a virus or cyber attack that was deemed too great. How does Leviathan access the internet? We have several intermediate stations above and below the surface that maintain access points to the internet, as well as completely separate connections to Leviathan. Then can we just transfer the virus, this Maddox entity, to one of those underwater stations? Let it download itself and then open one of the hatch doors. Problem solved. That's a brutally effective idea, Clerican, but I'm not sure how practical it is. So far, this Maddox goes exactly wherever Maddox feels like going. Fair point, but it's making Swiss cheese out of every firewall I throw up and blocking me like a 400-pound linebacker. How much time do we have? Heatwave will permeate in two minutes. Chlorokan suddenly smashed his fists against the computer console and snatched up the radio and brought it to his ear. Lisette, Lisette, can you hear me? We have a plan. We are going to get you out of there. You just need to hang on for another two minutes. We are going to get you out. I think my, my arm is getting blistered. I'm getting you out. Just hang on. What's your plan? You're still locked out of the power matrix, right? Completely. What about the West Hangar Bay? I told you. It's on an independent subsystem. But Maddox is blocking our access from this location. Well, then we're going to access something that doesn't have a location. Something that moves. McCallan stood beside Engineering Chief Marcus Denson and a mix of engineers as he shouted back into his PCOM. She stared emptily at the Starstone Manifold before them that was designed to harness the cosmic energy within it, but currently the Manifold lay eerily dormant. Are you sure the cable is connected? Did Lizette damage the interface cable? No. No, we're not showing anything here. Zero energy generation. <sighs> I'm sorry to ask you this, Councilwoman. But can you please try again? I'll try. McAllen dropped her head and then extended her hand, letting it rest on the starstone she had fought so hard to obtain back in New York City. She closed her eyes and concentrated, allowing her consciousness to expand and search beyond the confines of her earthly body. Focus, focus, McAllen. She searched, looking for the warmth of the blue light that would find her, envelop her, and respond to her. The world of Leviathan disappeared and she found herself surrounded by a cold blackness, with no illumination to reference her position. She stayed in the emptiness, waiting for a response that was painfully absent. She tried to move forward, backwards or upwards, but with no reference point. She felt helpless. Slowly, McAllen opened her eyes and stared at the confused faces that surrounded her. The sky outside Leviathan had already begun to darken. This... This starstone is dead. We used all of its energy to save Evangeline. I'm sorry, but it's... It's of no use to us. But... But... Lizette, she... She, she and Clurican, they got the manifold connected. The, the starstone was going to power our pressure shield. I'm... I'm sorry. Outside, a pod bike raced past the grandness of Alt Fountain and came to a rapid stop outside the engineering substation. One passenger leapt deftly out of the cabin and approached the building. I certainly hope I'm not interrupting anything. Neither Chief Denson nor McCallum responded to Harlequin. The sky, outside, it went dim again. I just got word that they're switching back to chemical reserves. At this burn rate, the city may have another 72 hours. 
maybe less. What can we do for you, Harlequin? I'm here for McCallan. Why me? Evangeline is awake. She says she needs to speak to you. She says it's urgent. Back in the engineering control room. What are you talking about? Can we remotely pilot one of the loading mechs in the West Hangar Bay directly from this control station without going through the engineering subsystem? Yes, we can. Each mech has a network transmitter that can be directly accessed from any workstation peer-to-peer. -peer. Then link us directly to one of the mechs and give me the biggest one you've got. Deep in the West Hangar Bay, two thick charging cables snapped off the back of a mammoth-class loading mech. As the machine sprang forth from its storage dock, landing hard on the hangar floor. The West Hangar Bay was awash in frenetic activity as Zephyr and Vespa ships were rapidly loading with citizens and supplies to deal with the deteriorating crisis within the city. The 20-foot mammoth class mech slammed its massive feet forward in an accelerated pace as engineers and other smaller loading mechs scrambled to get out of its way. Hurry! The geothermic core is going critical! I'm taking the mech to full speed. Get people cleared off Tweedle, Wickham, and Kent Boulevards, and Able Park. Get everyone the hell out of Able Park! Hang on, Lizette. We're going to get you down. Hurry, Kerrigan. I can't hold that much longer. Turrican's mech exploded out of the West Hanger Bay, tipping the left blast door as it did. Citizens scrambled to get out of the way when the mech turned left at Tweedle Boulevard, the central corridor of Leviathan that was still in disarray from Harlequin's violent escape in a stolen cave hog. Yes, yes, this is Under Chief Ansler. Take us to Diamond and clear everyone out of Central Boulevard. Yes, I know what the hell is going on in the city. Then do it on my damn authority! Fine, then take us to Ruby Status and get the damn people out of the way! American. Almost there! The mammoth was now in full sprint, breaking through the coral cobstones of Tweedle and then Kent Boulevards. Where's the entrance to the damn park? It's another six blocks on the left. I'm taking a shortcut. Chloracan turned the mech a hard left, forcing it to smash through a retaining wall of the park. Panicked citizens leapt to get out of the way, while a pod bike skittered out of control, smashing into the Bratton Municipal Building. Chloracan brought the mech into a crouch, and with one explosive leap, brought the mammoth into Abel Park. The mech quickly approached the cavern wall directly under the venting pipe where Lizette was trapped. What are the cavern walls of Leviathan made of? What do you mean? What stone? Granite with veins of amethyst and dendritic silver. And what are the mechs made out of? What metal? Humans haven't discovered it yet. It's a plasteel and quartz alloy. I have no idea what that means, but we're about to find out how hard it is. Chlorokan directed the mammoth to kick hard into the cavern wall, creating a sizable indentation to place its metal foot. The mech extended its bent leg, rising more than 10 feet before it kicked again pushing its claw-like feet into the cavern wall, rising steadily. Back in the control room, Chlorokan's hand flew across the various controls at a dizzying pace. You're doing it! My god, Chlorokan, you're getting the mech to climb the wall! Oh, there's not much to work with. Keeping this fat bastard on balance isn't easy. The mammoth continued to scale the cavern wall rapidly, sending shards of rock and small boulders raining down into Abel Park. In under a minute, the mech was over a hundred feet above the ground of Leviathan and closing in quickly on the venting pipe. I'm coming, Lizette! I can't hold on much longer! Lizette, I want you to hang on. I mean literally hang on. Get your body outside of the pipe and hang from the lid. 
Can you do that? Listen to me, Lizette. American. I'm so tired. Do it for Harlequin, Lizette. If he were here, you'd do it for him. Come on, I know you have the strength. Please, Lizette! Lizette was still 70 feet above the urgently climbing mech. She was completely drenched in perspiration and weak from heat exhaustion. There was little room to maneuver in the tightly cramped venting pipe, but Lizette forced herself to wrap her pruned fingers over the edge and pull her body forward. I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall, Clerican. Don't look down. You are not allowed to look down, Lizette. Try to look up. Look, look at the sky. The Luma floor above Leviathan had been badly damaged by the Maddox virus, and most of the intricate shading of the elaborate sunsets was now missing. But there was still a delicate fading of gold to amber in the center of the sky, with the beginnings of turquoise and scarlet at its edges. Lizette's body was now in a dead hang, 500 feet above Abel Park, and she welcomed the coolness of the air on her damp body. But her wet grip was burning and slipping and still contained within the searing heat of the steam pipe. My fingers are cold in Clerican. I can't feel them anymore. I'm almost there. I'm slipping. The right hand of the mech shot out to catch Lizette's falling body and quickly swung downward to lessen the sudden impact upon her. The mammoth's left hand and two feet were still firmly entrenched in the cavern wall. Oh my god! Oh my god, Clerican! I've got you, Lizette. I'm operating the mech remotely from the control room. It's okay. You're okay. Chloropan quickly piloted the mech downwards, carefully reversing the path that the mammoth had created for itself. When its metal feet finally touched the light lavender grass of Abel Park, the mech lowered its plasteel hand and released Lizette to the ground. She fell to the ground instantly and relished the feeling of the cool grass against her face. A hundred yards ahead of her, she could just barely discern the outline of a small man running frantically towards her, wearing a pair of dark blue jeans. Lizette, are you okay? God, let me, let me look at you. Chloracan wrapped his arms around her. He didn't care about her sweat, her filth, or her exhaustion. He was just happy she was alive and safe and on the ground. He helped her to her feet, and before he could stop himself, kissed Lizette passionately under the long shadow of the mammoth mech. I guess that means we're on for dinner. Well, maybe breakfast. <laughs> Here, let me see your arms and hands. It's nothing. Chloracan gently took a hold of her arm and pulled back her ragged sleeve to find severe redness on her skin and blistering around her elbows. Come on, we need to get to the med tower. We've got to get out of here quickly. Chloracan, I told you it's nothing. I'll be fine. No, you won't be fine because in a few minutes, this entire park is going to be covered in lava. listening to season three of the Leviathan Chronicles. To listen to all of the season three episodes right now and get the exclusive epilogue episode, purchase the season three director's cut at leviathanchronicles.com or click the link in the show notes for immediate download. The Leviathan Chronicles was written and created by Christoph Lepupka, executive produced by Robin Shaw, produced and musical composition by Luke Allen, directed by Nobi Nakanishi. For more information and news, visit our website or find us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for supporting us and thank you for listening. Hi, 
This is Christoph Laputka, and I want to thank you for listening to Season 3 of the Leviathan Chronicles. I hope you've been enjoying our most action-packed season yet, because we want to keep growing the Leviathan universe with spin-off stories and future seasons. But we need your help. That's why I'm asking you to check out our first-ever Kickstarter campaign by going to leviathanchronicles.com kickstarter, or just clicking on the link in our show notes. There, we have many levels of support, as well as some really amazing rewards. One of our favorite characters is Salty Squid bartender Angus McKay. He really appreciates your support, and one of the rewards we're offering is a limited edition recipe book for Angus's favorite Leviathan cocktails that we found in an old corner of the squid. You can find cool items like that and much more on Kickstarter by going to leviathanchronicles.com kickstarter. We can't wait to get started on creating more audio dramas like Leviathan. Your help really does ensure that future projects will have the resources they need to make it from our headphones to yours. Thank you again for listening to Season 3, and thank you for checking out our Kickstarter campaign. I'll see you guys real soon. Leviathan Audio Production Chauncey Haworth, Mark Slade, and Lothar Tuppen, the demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour, bring you... Twisted Pulp Magazine. A journey beyond surreality, to worlds you never knew or hoped existed. Worlds of the supernatural. Worlds of dark satire. Worlds of nightmarish futures. Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D I G I T A L V A U D E V I L L E.com. Mm-hmm.